depression is a motherfucker. If you or someone you know needs help with mental health struggles, you can go to the National Alliance on Mental Illness website at NAMI.org or call the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or just simply dial 988 for immediate help. At the lowest moments, remember it's the darkest before the dawn and there is help out there. You are not alone. You are now entering Nowhere, California. If you love what you hear, you can subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcast players. And if you can, please leave us a ranking and review. Also, if you like our ideas but hate our voices, you can get your Nowhere, California fix at NowhereCalifornia.com. And if you want to share your random thoughts or other bullshit, you can message us at Facebook.com slash NowhereCalifornia or Nowhere underscore California at Yahoo.com. Remember to listen irresponsibly, my friends. Ideas from everywhere, voices from nowhere since 2011. This is Josh. And this is Nick. And welcome to Nowhere, California. I'm not alone this time. I know, but you do things alone so well. I I know, but usually I don't publicize it to the world, though. Well, I think you should pull your... I'm sorry. Toot your own horn on this one. Well, I do have my wiener in the closet. I, it's true. I've actually held it. Yeah. Uh, last episode was the anniversary episode, and Nick hasn't listened to it yet since, as of this recording, I haven't posted it. No, but the smile on your face tells me that you feel, you know that we know that you know that you I fucking think, rocked it. Yeah, I did. Um, and I didn't realize until, like, after I finished recording that episode. Yeah. The last time, actually the last two times I recorded by myself were COVID-related. Okay, that's true. That's there true. There was the time I recorded in uh, isolation. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> when I was just bored out of my mind, I was yep. like, fuck it, I'm going to record because I got a great title in my head. I'm with COVID yep. <laughs> and other burning sensations of that year. Yes, that was... That, that started the tradition for that, those episodes at yep. the beginning of the year. And then the one before that one was the ninth anniversary <clears throat> episode. So it's three years ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Because just everybody scheduling-wise. Yeah, we could not pull it together. But also, too, just nobody wanted to be in an enclosed space together. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was... Certain people. It was a very tumultuous time, uh, to be certain. But um, I'm I'm excited. I can't wait to hear this. Oh, yeah. um, I said there, and I've been saying it a lot lately, I'm going to probably start recording more solo episodes. Oh, I see how this goes. Now you're like, fuck yeah. Found my confidence, found my stride. Fuck you, bitches. Well, not fuck you, bitches, but the confidence, yes. <laughs> That's fair. No, yeah. I mean, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, see, I'm happy for this because I remember I remember the distant Josh, the unsure of himself. The one that was scripted. The one that was, yeah, <laughs> that was trying to, to collect everything, who, when he get very excited, he get very nervous, shake and stutter just a little bit. And this is... This is fucking pretty. Dope oh yeah, Josh. you're gonna you're gonna like this one. I don't I don't think I say a single time in that episode. I'm probably boring the shit out of you, <laughs> like I done in past solo episodes. That's fucking rad. Yeah. I can't wait to hear this one. Oh yeah, well we'll have to discuss it uh, in the next episode we record. Hopefully we get some more closing out the year because as as of right now this episode is planned to be September. Okay, and then we'll be. Rapidly approaching our Ooh, Halloween, Halloween episode. episode, and you know what we're doing with that one, right? No, uh, making our own theme park Halloween. Oh, movie. that's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It was. It just feels like a short time ago that 
it was the previous Halloween episode. Yeah. Doug yeah. thought of that one. And I'm like, no, we got to have more time to think this one out. And we got to have Nick. <laughs> now we're rapidly approaching the deadline for the next one. Yeah. And then so we got to get going. No, it's going to be fucking in the year already. A theme park around one horror franchise. Correct? Not, not like an uh, entire theme park. Just like we have our own theme park. Uh -huh. And we're making our own Halloween event. Like Halloween horror. Okay, nights. okay, because I I could yeah I thought the very first one that he had introduced was like hey it would be like based off of a like specific franchise. No, that and I was like that's easy I could yeah. rock that one. Oh yeah, well it's more just kind of if you ran like Universal or something yeah. like that. But enough of that. Um, since it's you and I really really enjoy busting out lists on you. Oh, you fucking do too. What yeah. what have you got loaded up for me? Well, of course with it being us. Yeah. Um, it's a best and worst list. Okay, all right. I don't hate that. Best and worst movie endings. Oh. So. Okay. I can get behind this one because I'm sure there's some on there that I'm going to be like, yeah, I agree with that. And there's probably going to be a couple of them be like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, so warning now, spoiler alerts, because we're going to be talking about movie endings. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Is it anything new? Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff on Is it. Is there really? Oh, yeah. All right, let's get into it. As we stated that it's going to be best and worst, and <laughs> since it's you're going to have to suffer through this list. But I'll, I'll admit, usually before we record, I usually kind of look through the list and get a good idea of what's going on. I was yeah. tired as fuck today, and I slept from like 11 <laughs> to... 450 when you're showing up at 5. <laughs> Look at Captain Confidence over here. He's like, I fucking walked this in the park by myself. Uh, I can knock this shit out of the park. I'll take a longer nap today. I fucking love that. Well, that's the funny thing. Like, <laughs> There was a couple times with Ken being out of town. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to take some CBD and take a little bit of a longer there nap. There you go. And then I wake up like at 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah, that'll fucking do it to you. Yeah. Did you George Carlin that shit where you woke up just after dark and you're like, what the fuck? What day is it? Oh, my windows are blacked out oh, now. Oh, yeah, so, that's true. So I, I can just sit here for a couple hours yeah. and walk out to the living room and see the sunlight going, like, what the fuck? Is it sunrise, sunset? What's going on? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to give you the choice. Okay. I want to start with the worst or best. Uh, let's go with the let's go with the worst and okay. end on a high note. Unless all the good ones, I'm like, what the f Yeah. Why is that there? Yeah. I did get a chance to look at some of the best ones. Okay. The, the number one one, I do totally, completely agree with. Okay. When we, when we get to that. All one. right. Sounds good. But let's start with the worst. Starting off with Tim Burton's Plan of the Apes. Where Mark Wahlberg lands and yeah. it's the Lincoln Memorial. And it's, yeah, it's the Lincoln Memorial. We're trying too looks hard like for the original. Yeah. But it's and it's the Tim Burton weirdness. Well, it, the problem is, is if you even know anything about the original, then you know when like Charlton Heston. That's the surprise twist. Yeah. They finally make it back to Earth, and it's an Earth where the fucking apes like have taken over, and he's not really like the 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 fall of humanity. Yeah. Is is upon them, and it's been parodied by. Everybody. I mean, okay. Jay and Silent Bob strikes Space back. Spaceballs. You know, shit, what's that coming out of the nose? Spaceballs. Um, sorry. Fuck, I, there goes the neighborhood. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> fucking help but quote it. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, so, so everybody <laughs> understands the surprise ending has been ruined. Yeah. Like, it's, it's legendary. It's iconic. It's parodied because nobody tried to redo it. Yeah. So when they, when, when they decided to do Planet of the Apes, you know, we're all waiting for that. And really, all you did was 
throw a little curve on what they were going to do. It, the only thing different is it's not the downfall of man. It's just the rise of the apes, and that's who's sitting on the Lincoln Memorial is now. Yeah, you have. and, that, and it doesn't fucking make any sense. It yeah. does. They didn't enslave each other. Yeah, it's you know he wasn't like the thirteenth president or you know anything like that. It, it wasn't. And I think that's like the main reason is like what the fuck is going yeah. on here. But like I believe. I believe the Apes franchise is under the Disney banner now since it was a 20th Century Fox. Yeah. And there's supposed to be a new one coming soon, The Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... I'm, I'm curious to see... I'm curious to see where they're going to go with it on this one. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it's... The it's last, not a horrible concept. It the really last in, incarnation, the one that started with Franco and Caesar this time, the Andy Circus. Yeah. Caesar was really good. It was fantastic. And yeah. let me throw an addendum here. <clears throat> I realized I threw out the 13th president. I meant 17th president because yeah. I'm an idiot. Oh, um, yeah. They can email us if they I, want to But who us. knows? Maybe he was the 13th president in the ape world exactly. or first president or whatever the fuck that ending was. But I agree. Okay. Next up, maybe your first what the fuck, but also to you, the way they explain it is kind of agreeable. Man of Steel. Basically because of the... The neck breaking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had that same moment in the theater. Like, yeah. there was a huge gasp out of me. And I turned and looked at Christina uh, and was like, uh, I'm not okay with this. Yeah. And then I spent the next several months trying to reconcile and justify why it was his only option. Yeah. But it's never... His only option. There's only been that in the in the event, like in comics, where they went to all three of them wound up uh, Zod and his his you know minions wound up in another like a pocket universe, and he zone. was he was murdering millions of people, and the only way to stop him was to use a kryptonite based weapon. Yeah. Um, it there's. Yes, it has happened. They, they've done the unthinkable and had Superman killed, but that is 100% his credo. Um, it's what makes Batman rise above, you know, is the fact that Joker takes and takes and takes and he doesn't kill. Same thing with everybody that Superman has ever fought. He realizes the power that he has to kill everybody he encounters. And they touch on that in the Injustice stuff. But for Man of Steel, to see him as his last resort and be pained by the fact that, uh, you know, he snapped his neck and was like, and, you know, and Lois is there to, to comfort him. I get that. But for that family, yes, they, their lives were saved. For that family, their memory of Superman is he broke this guy's neck. Yeah. Yes, to save us, but... This you guy know, snapped the dude's neck there's in front of so us. many other options that they could have gone with in that situation. But you have to remember, too, as much as I love Henry Cavill, I hated the fact that they leveled fucking Metropolis. Oh. I mean, the entire, like, eastern portion of this, the city was completely destroyed. You don't think there was massive casualties? Look at what... Well, they spun it into Batman v <clears throat> Superman right. by that being the reason... That they wanted to scrap. Yeah. He's uncontrollable. His power needs to be in check. Yeah. Well... Look at how they did with Christopher Reeve. When he started fighting Zod, Nan, and Ursa in those films, what did he do? Neutral he zone. fled and made him think that he was a coward, that he was running away from the fight, when he knew damn well he was drawing everybody away because Brick was falling and hurting people. Yeah. They got it. They fucking got it. But this was something that I loved the Superman. I hated aspects of that storyline, and I 100% agree with this. I think 
it was the fact that Snyder was like I don't think Snyder was trying to compete with the Marvel world, but yeah. he was trying to give a flip of the coin. Like Marvel was this bright, sunny, fun thing, and he wanted to give a grit to it. And that's that's something I fundamentally disagreed with when we saw it too. You remember when after it came out, it was maybe a year after it came out, and they showed the lightened up version of it. Like yeah. If it hadn't have been shot so dark, and they'd lightened it up. Oh my God! The brilliance of it being lightened up like that was just so stark. It was such a stark contrast, and that's that is literally the difference between DC's two flagships. Batman is dark. It's gritty. It should be a dime noir crime novel. Yeah. Superman should be all about hope and the light and all of that stuff, and they really took it to a dark place, and I had a huge problem with it. Well, here's the hope, and James Gunn may have the winning formula. Now. I, I truly hope so, and I think he's listening to fans. I think he's also listening to his heart as a comic book reader. It, it, that's exactly what I was about yeah. to say. He's listening to the fans, and he's one of them. Because there's so many jokes and things you can make, and there's parts of Superman that you can make dark and gritty. You can make him very angry, but at the heart of it all, he is still compassionate. He is still. He's the blue, big blue. He's the big blue Boy Scout. Exactly. And there's no reason to take him away from that. Yeah, I agree. I, I know. I've said in the past when it came to Man of Steel and just the Snyder Cavill mm-hmm. verse of it, where it's like, then lean into the dark, do it. Yeah, but that's the thing. I think Warner Brothers got cold feet on it. Well, the fact that we never received a Man of Steel 2 after numerous That's other criminal. endeavors was ab- yeah, absolutely criminal. Yeah. Absolutely criminal. Yeah. So, but moving on. Is what it is. To one that's a little more of like, oh yeah, that's a fucking stupid ass mm. ending. Signs. M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> signs. Aliens that invade a world that's basically covered with their kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> so it's... It's implausible, it's improbable, it's not impossible. It just didn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. If you have a... First of all, you have humans who are made up of 70-something percent water. You have a planet that's covered by 70%-something water, 80% water, whatever it is. Why the fuck wouldn't they land... Somewhere else and try to, you know, like in any it, other planet. It was Mike and their research and development. He didn't research Earth. Enough. He was like, oh, this planet looks nice. We can take it. <laughs> What's it's, the blue stuff? Right. Sky. Sky. Sky, obviously. Yeah. Uh, it, Mike, what the fuck, man? I get what he was trying to do. Yeah. With the tying it all together and restoring his faith. And it made sense in that regard. Um, they were in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I can't remember Iowa or yeah, like something. The like the, yeah, they're in the cornfields and all that shit. Yeah, so I get it. Not a whole lot of water near, and people were saying like we're going to leave and go near water because they seem to stay away from that. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's so, been a while. So they do. They do say that. Like uh, um, M Night Shyamalan's character and the one who kills. Yeah, this uh, is his uh, wife. yeah, pretty sugar tits. Yep. Uh, Mel Gibson. <laughs> yep. And so he says, you know, we're going to leave and go near water. You know, and you have the little girl who takes drinks of water, and she, it tastes funny. It has this, and da, 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 yeah. And, you know, Joaquin Phoenix's character, who's the baseball player, and his wife saying, swing away, tell him Meryl. to swing away, Meryl. Yeah. And so I get what he was going for. Yeah. But it was very weird. It, it was, was. It was very oddly executed. And I have, I, I'm very torn on this one because Sign still has one of my 
most admired and frightening moments in the film when they're doing the, the broadcast oh, and yeah. Joaquin's in the closet and you see the alien walk by oh, yeah, the big and they announce that it's going by and you, the, you know be prepared we believe that this is real and this is undoctored footage and this may be disturbing to some viewers and you see him fucking walk across and everybody screams and they freeze frame it and I was like jeez I get goosebumps right oh, now yeah. thinking about it it was legitimately well set up and well executed yeah the rest of the film, however. Yeah. M. Night Shyamalan has always been a great filmmaker. Yeah. Just had some missteps sometimes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Next one. <clears throat> Grease. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Can it, I leave it, with a joke? Yeah. So, Laura showed me this the other day, and I couldn't stop laughing at it. And it was a meme that said, if Grease was a musical made today, if they did a Grease remake today, and it said, tell me more, tell me more, did he Snapchat his balls? And I was like, <laughs> that's so fucking accurate. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, there's so much to Grease <clears throat> now that everybody's kind of like, oh, God, why does this movie get made? I enjoy the ending because of the conspiracy theory that... Sandy or Danny actually died on that beach, and it's yeah. all imagined. I've in never their heard head. Danny. I've always heard it. The Sandy, Sandy one. Yeah. Okay, and then so, also too, everybody pointing out the fact, like, why did she change herself for this dipshit? You know, it, it's the time and everything, right? It, even the, the time for the movie being made. Yes, that was like, okay, it's fine. Yeah, now but it's like, what the? Fuck? I think a lot of people also forget that Danny tried to change himself for her too. Yeah, and he tried to join the track team, and he tried to wear his Letterman sweater. Yeah. And, do all the things that would make her happy, and she did all this to make him happy, and it was just easier because of the group that they hung out with. The she, pink ladies. Yeah, the pink ladies and Which the Which was a very short-lived uh, spinoff series on Paramount Plus. Don't one even season. fucking get me started. So, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm like, mm. Kind of dropped the ball there. Yeah. Uh, next is 500 Days of Summer. Did you ever see that one? I'm trying to remember Zoe Deschanel, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where yeah. they finally break up, and then he meets a girl at the end named Autumn. A little on the nose there. It is. It's a little fucking right on the nose. But then also, um, too, there, in interviews, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has said flat out, like, anybody that patterns their relationship after this movie, realize this guy's a psychopath. Yes, 100% he's a psychopath. Um, yeah, I, I agree with this one wholeheartedly. That was... What was that? Was that like number three or number four on the list? They don't really have it. They don't rank it. They yeah. just talk about the worst one. Yeah. So, yeah, I would agree with that. That's an odd one. Okay, next up is a movie I know probably both of us have never seen, but I've heard about this ending. Okay. And it's pretty fucked. It's Remember Me with Robert Patterson. Have you ever heard about the ending to this? No. Okay. Basically, you go through this entire movie learning about this guy, watching his life and everything. And at the end of the movie, you know what? I could try to explain everything. I'm just going to read it directly from this uh, article that was on the ever-reliable uh, site of Yard Barker. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool name. Yeah. So, Remember Me was released in 2010. Okay. And here's exactly what they write. <laughs> Must not have been that great because I forgot it. Yeah. Anyway. No, you're never going to forget this ending, though. Oh, boy. You may not remember Remember Me. Ironically enough, but those that do have nothing but problems with the ending. For a largely forgettable film, it maintains a legacy based on the strength of a terrible conclusion. For most of the film, the traditional romance movie with a coming-of-age element, so basically it's a romance, right. then our protagonist, Robert Patterson, goes to work, and his sister goes to school. 
the, te- the date the teacher writes on the board, September 11th, 2001. Whoa. Patterson's job, it's at the World Trade Center. Jesus. In the, he's in his office as the movie as the is play- wow. in coming to a close. Wow. That's, Jesus, that's dark. Yeah. That's super dark. And also a little opportunistic. I I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. I think the only one that really made a grab for it and did well with it was... was the Tom Hanks one? No, was... Uh, um, is that the one with the... Um, what's the one from Tom Hanks with that one? The Little Kid? No. Yeah, that was like post 9-11. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and this one was post 9-11 as well, but it was um, Rain Over Me. With, that one was a good one. Okay, and that because... Was, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was his wife and daughters that were lost in the World Trade Center attacks. I think or so. They were on one of the flights. They were on one of the flights. I think they were on the one that 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 the passengers took down, not yeah. one of the ones that crashed into the Pentagon or the towers. Yeah, it's one of the, that movie is one of those movies. Whenever I see Adam Sandler doing one of his stupid fucking, fucking movies. phenomenal, I just spoke about this the other day, and I 100 percent believe that more like comedians when they take a serious turn usually. Oh, knock yeah. it the fuck out of the park. Oh, yeah, him with that and Punch Truck Love. Yep. And I was talking to somebody at work about um, Permanent Midnight with Ben Stiller. Yep. And the guy I was talking to at work knew what I was talking about, like, oh, you yeah. eclectic soul. <sighs> yeah, bitch, I mean, uh, fuck, uh, Eternal Sunshine on the Spotless Mind. Oh, yeah. Fucking Beautiful amazing. Movie. Absolutely amazing. But, wow, wow, what a dark twist on that one. That's uh, That does seem like a kind of a like a cash grab for the, yeah, a little for bit the of bleeding like, heart, um, you know, yeah. never forget. Yeah. That's a weird twist on that, too. Remember me? Never forget? Ugh. Oh, yeah. Ugh. That just leaves it, an achy taste in my mouth. It, it, on an audio podcast, I just rolled my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I'm over here like, mm, like looking for a mint or something. Ugh. Up next is an IP that kind of, you know, no, not kind of. It, it got redemption very recently through a very, very popular animated movie. One that saved the small... Saved the Smod Castle theaters in the eyes of Ken Smith, but back in 1993, the Super Mario Brothers movie, the ending to that one. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh, Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, and Samantha Mathis as oh, Daisy. Oh God, so pretty. Oh yeah. But the ending they're talking about is one of the rare for that time stinger scenes. End of the credits. Oh, that's right. Where she comes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. In, in her like battle gear, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess maybe uh, the Toad Kingdom or whatever is starting to break into the the real world. Yes, it and was. It, it hinted at a potential sequel. Yeah, and after the train wreck. When that it, was that yeah, movie. when it just got when it just fucked the box office in the butt. Maybe that might be the tenth why. Ooh. That's yeah. <laughs> with them little tiny head Koopas. Yeah. That's so fucking weird. Because, it, like, it's so bad it's good, but also, too, it's, it's bad. <laughs> it is bad. Oh, yeah. Dennis Hopper and another over-the-top performance. <laughs> Jesus Christ, as Koopa. That's yeah. so fucking weird. You never once get to see him as, like, a giant fucking dra- fire-breathing dude. Like, yeah. I mean, you do, but you don't. It's yeah, yeah, but nobody can now top Jack Black and Peaches. Dude, that whole sequence... Stole that fucking movie. Oh yeah! Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm glad that they if had like, the original Mario voice actor towards he, the end. Yeah, Spoilers. he improved it. He improved the whole song. Of course he fucking did. Yeah, and he's then they Jack fucking with Black. It. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm just putting it out there in case Jack Black's ever listening to this. I'm 100 percent behind you, and I want to invest in 
if he gets to bring Red Dead Redemption to either film or television, he's pushing hard for it. it. That'd be amazing. Yeah. It would have. I would say series. It have to I, be. A that's series. what I think too, because you can do the whole the whole. You saga. don't have to sugarcoat it and everything. And but until then, we've got peaches, 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 peaches. Back to this. Yeah. Yeah. It it really it's set up for uh, just a fizzle. It, it, nothing ever came of it. So only in our memories do we believe that, you know, it would possibly go on to be another film. Well, it's kind of like uh, Masters of the Universe also, where we got Skeletor at the end going, fuck, I'll be back. The, just fucking Gwildor and all these characters that, like, what? A movie I really dug. And yeah. when I first initially saw it in the theaters, and I was like, okay, this is cool. But then I saw it, like, on DVD and kind of thought about it more. And, like, yeah, one of those up. ones where you're like, yay! And then you reevaluate it and go, mmm. Identity. John Cusack, Amanda Peet. Oh, yeah. The hotel. The hotel one, yeah. Where everybody's getting offed. Yeah, and, and they're the all end, drawn to the same room. You realize, at first, you're thinking, oh, this little kid has fucking killed all these people? Yeah. And then it's further revealed, this is all inside some all whack in job somebody's head. head. Yeah. Yep. So we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I think they did it better when they called it uh, Joker. When yeah. they did Joker. It's all in the head. Yep. Next up is one, I didn't really even dig this movie, and then the ending was like, okay, this is why I didn't like it. Now You See Me, where it's revealed that Mark Ruffalo has been part of their crew the entire time. Right. Uh, it was, I, I, like, I think it was bold of them to take that shot, but Now You See Me 2, the second one, yeah. was far better. I haven't even tried that one yet. It's not bad. Okay. It's really not bad. Of course, I have a huge soft spot for Isla Fisher. Oh, God, yeah. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen's a lucky fucker. Dude, unbelievable. We watched Wedding Crashers again the other day. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus, God. And then what's the one she's in with Ryan Reynolds where he's the... It's a it's a love story. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. It, he's, a, a, he's like political aspirations. He's engaged to some chick. And one of the people that helps out is Isla Fisher's with character. With Abigail Breslin? Yes. You know, it's definitely maybe. Yes. Yes. When he yes. Was on a he was on a jag of like romantic comedy drama. So I always loved the proposal. I thought that was such a funny fucking film. Was Betty White steals that shit too. Oh, yeah. it, it was just it, the whole thing was so well done. Now Laura goes. Have, so you? She goes. We, I'm glad we both love this movie. Have you seen Definitely Maybe? And I'm, the fuck is that? Yeah, that one flew under And she introduced radar. it to me, and like they have this thing where they have like a smoke off. Yeah. Where she talks about how. She goes, I get these. He goes, you, you spend that much for a pack of cigarettes? She goes, yeah, because yours has saltpeter in it, and it burns faster. <laughs> and he's like, no way, 20 bucks. And so they have this smoke off, and she's like, see, ha. Huh? And he ends, he finishes a cigarette. So they, oh, that's kind of yeah, cool. it's like a cute little thing. And then, yeah, it's just really, if you get a chance, fucking check it out. It's a fantastic film, and they don't, like, beat to death a lot of the romantic tropes. Which so, is always good when yeah, it comes to those so it's movies. Yeah, so cool. But since we've gone way off the rails, I'll veer back here to, uh, you know, um, the ending... <laughs> the ending of that film, knowing that Mark Ruffalo was part of the whole crew, it, it just seemed kind of like it was a big fucking fizzle. Yeah. Like, what? Uh, okay, <laughs> great, you're the, the odd man that well, was kind of... Kind of the words of Kevin Smith, somebody's giving me a handjob and just stops. Yeah. I was like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> And it just didn't, I don't know. Now You See Me 2 was much better. That's the, that's the one where I think they go to China. Yeah, more of a world, yeah, world it's, traveling it's, Yeah, it's everything. a world traveling thing, and it's much better. Segway, because up next Ooh. is Knowing. Nicolas Cage, In the World, 
The ending where oh, yeah. the kids are abducted by aliens and the world is destroyed by a solar flare. I might be more upset with that ending if it were anybody but Nicolas Cage. Yeah. However, leading from that, I do love this crazy resurgence of Nicolas Cage all of a sudden. Thank you, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Um, it should, but it really doesn't surprise me. You know, the way it does. I, You know, it's like, if you want to go back to crazy fucking endings with Nick Cage movies, you can go all the way back to Con Air. Like, in no fucking way would they have not shot that plane down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no. Also, too, the whole factor of it being an end-of-the-world movie. Yeah. There's two ways to go with it. You're either going to have the world being saved, or the world's going to be fucked. You know what would have been great, though, is if a giant spider would have showed up. <laughs> <laughs> you saw Flash, right? I Okay. So, you know, so the, yeah, I, I know about the whole dimension crossing thing, and that was so fucking cool to see all of that. Yeah, and you know, Kevin does talk about it on uh, Fat Man where he got it spoiled. Yeah, uh, his mom was in the hospital and everything. Yeah, and a buddy of his called him and was in Kevin's telling what's going on, and his friends like, I have something that's going to cheer you up, and Kevin's like, what? And he's like, if I tell you, it's going to spoil the Flash. And Kevin explains, like, he's not that type of person that yeah. if he gets spoiled. Yeah, he doesn't he, give he, much he, of a he, shit. He, he die, he'll still die of head yeah. first. And the guy goes, Nicolas Cage shows up as Superman and fights a spider in the third act. And Kevin's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, well, they own your idea, man. Yeah. And there it is. And then well, Kevin, it's not even his idea. It was his vision that he was yeah. going to bring to it. And then Kevin the, points out, Cooper like, bird. I'm chopping up the story because <clears> you got to listen to it full yourself. And Kevin caps the story with, and unironically enough, my mom turned the corner after he hearing that news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tiger. <laughs> okay. Next up is going to be one we're going to be totally agreeing with that this person who wrote this. Let me scroll back to who wrote this article. Chris Morgan. Chris you're Morgan! You're probably a nice person. You you probably maybe buy donuts for the office and probably give to charity and all that stuff. But you're this pick... You can eat a bag of dicks. Because how dare you put Blazing Saddles on this list? What? Yeah. Because they get off their horse and ride off on a limo? Yeah. He puts it as self-indulgent. Fuck off. You're... This is kind of null the entire list. I'm trying to find the words here. He wasn't hugged enough as a child. How? It is arguably the greatest comedy that has ever been put on film. The only movie that I would argue is as good as, maybe slightly better, is another Mel Brooks film in Young Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. And what the fuck? Chris Morgan, you fucking psychopath. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't care if you do buy donuts. I hope they're all stale. I hope somebody gets the shits from them. Oh. And you know, I think that's a good way to end this list. (laughs) <laughs> with seething anger. Oh yeah, I I agree. I agree with that. Not this ending. This yeah. is Jesus fucking Christ. How? After getting that freaking loaf in the mouth, <laughs> I'm fucking sweaty from that. Yeah, it, like it, it gave me anxiety. Like uh, that's the one thing I did. Like when I scrolled through the list earlier and I saw that one, I was like, "How fucking dare you, dude?" So, I literally, in the appointment that I was late for when we couldn't do our last recording I was literally watching Blazing Saddles it <sighs> palate cleanser time yes please let's hit the best yes please so the... I think a dick in the mouth would have been better than that yeah 
that previous list came from Yard Barker from Chris Morgan, which we may have to find him on Twitter or whatever and go like, dude, what? Why? Maybe he just did that to fuck with people. I don't know. That's yeah. internet troll that got a good job. Self indulgent. Somebody yeah. indulged that prick's you know ability to write and let him. Uh, never mind. Anyway, yeah, continue. Anyway. Uh, this one is entitled "The Twenty Movies with Perfect Endings" from MovieWeb dot com, written by Olivia Martello. The other list was twenty, and we might not go through them all, but we're just going to hit the ones we know. <laughs> There better be Maverick, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and fucking Back to the Future on here. This list, I gotta admit, I have not really dove deep into. Okay, cool. So, let's let's crack the fucking yeah. egg together. This one starts out with Planet of the Apes from 1968. <laughs> See? The flip of the coin My from... fucking uh, point. Yeah. <laughs> where it's just a Statue of Liberty blown up on a yeah. beach. Fucking half buried in the, in the sand. Yes. And it was a twist that nobody then, expected. Everybody was like, what the fuck? Exactly. Because you root for him the whole time to get off that fucking planet. And you're like, you know, Dr. Zeus and all that shit helping him out. And the weird kind of fucking love affair thing. Yeah. Um, the weird baby. The, yeah, the weird bestiality thing. So there's that. And then when you, you're like, yeah, they fucking made it. He's back. Yeah. Oh. He never left. <laughs> damn you. Damn you all to hell. Only done as well by J. Muse himself. Oh, yeah. Damn yous. <laughs> Next up. It's a Wonderful Life. Fucking agree. 100%. Yeah. I, do you know I just watched that movie for the first time maybe five years ago? I, I can honestly admit I've never seen it all the way through, I'm but going, I, I agree. So there's a scene. This movie is one of the most wholesome, beautiful stories that I've ever seen put on film. It just happens to take place at Christmas. And delves a suicide. Yeah, yes, it really does. Which is weird for that. It, it really does because it, it, you really, yeah, it, it, it does, and it's just so well done. It, Clarence, the angel, the, you know, everything. Mary! Mary! You know, oh, God. Oh, yeah. It's such a great film. I really implore you. I think this it, holiday season, I may, like, finally crack into absolutely. that one. Just absolutely. because it, it's one of those classic movies in general. It is. It's it's one of those things that, like, it's the quintessential Christmas film. The only one that I watch more wholeheartedly, as many times as they'll view it on TNT, is A Christmas Story. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so... Did you, did you get a chance to watch... You're gonna fucking call me out on every one of these ones! No, I haven't watched it yet! I wanna, I wanna plan it for this Christmas. Oh, God. Those are gonna be all my Christmas films. Well, I, I was just that thinking that it may be my triple feature this year. Maybe It's a Wonderful Life. Escalate it to Scrooged, then escalate it to Violent Night. Yeah, okay. So Violent Night is on my list to watch, as is the uh, the other one you're talking about with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, uh, Spirited. Spirited. Uh, and then, of course, I'm going to have to watch the second Christmas story. Oh, yeah. Uh, up next is, and it ain't everybody kind of new. Okay. Titanic. Uh, I, I mean, what are we referencing here? The the fact that, she, you know, that Rose gets reunited with everybody, yeah, and they're much. back on the Titanic at the end, or the fact that she had the, the diamond the whole time, the sapphire, I mean, the whole time, and dropped it into the ocean? Well, to be brutally honest, I've never seen it. <laughs> really? I have never seen Titanic. Wow. It came out in high school. Yeah. 
And my buddies saw it multiple times because Kate Winslet's tits. I, I which I don't argue. I do. On. I don't argue with that at all. I'd rather watch the Little Children. Uh, don't clip that and <laughs> <laughs> make this very awkward for me. On that note, what's the next movie? <laughs> no. Um, well, but you know, Kate Winslet was. But she was that so movie, sexy yeah. in that. Oh God! Yeah. And you couldn't have got a younger, more vibrant. Leonardo DiCaprio in that Billy Zane. It was Zane, a perfect storm movie. Billy Zane was one of those uh, actors who's always been kind of in the background and awesome. He's a phenomenal actor. So when you get to see him as the antagonist. He's somebody that needs a resurgence. You get, yes, you get to see him as an antagonist in this. Oh my fucking God, what a great villain. And then you get Kathy Bates as the unsinkable Molly Brown. Uh, everybody was so well cast in this film. There's so many touching moments. Celine Dion's music was perfect. There's, there's no secret as to why this film won an Academy Award. It was a perfect storm of a uh, disaster film that was a love story that never occurred, but in all of our hearts it kind of did. Yeah. And... I, you know, yeah, I think the ending of them being reunited, you know, together and, and seem to come up the grand staircase as Jack is up there and he puts his hand out and then takes Rose and she's in her gown again. It, sure, I get it. I get why they would go with that. It is a very predictable ending. Yeah. It is a very predictable ending, but it's but it's one that just pays off. Exactly. So yeah. I agree with that. More shocking ending would be the boat not sinking. Right? Yeah. Self-indulgent. Uh, yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a while before I we go over that. <clears throat> But um, next up is an actual downer ending. Okay. A, a recent one. Avengers Infinity War. Because it's the perfect ending because it shows the superheroes sometimes don't win. Or they do. But they did they, not win. But it's not the, it's not the, in, it's not the winning that they, you hoped I, for. I'm, they did not win. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you say... Okay, Infinity, so War. Infinity War, not Endgame. No. Okay. No, Endgame um, was Sorry, that's game. what I was going to say. That was perfect. Um, no, Endgame was perfect. Yes, it was. Um, but no, the Infinity War, everybody getting dusted. It's, it's very much the Empire Strikes Back in that yeah. film, where our heroes have to regroup. Um, I think a lot of the backstory behind it, where Tom Holland, like uh, Robert Downey Jr. had no idea, and then they return the favor... In Endgame, oh, yeah. and he had no idea that Tony was dying. Yeah, and just how it just piled on you. Yeah. I remember sitting in the theater going like, what the fuck? Yes. And how when Black Panther faded out, like, the movie hasn't even came out yet. Yeah. <laughs> or it just came out. Yeah. Where it's like, there's going to be a sequel. There, the, the, what the like, fuck how are you killing this guy off so quickly? Yeah, and then, then Tom Holland. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, Mr. Stark. But Mr. I, Stark. I think it was great because they took certain heroes out of it. And that allowed others to shine really bright in the next one. So when everybody does return, you're like, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Ant-Man, Scott Lang's character in, you know, was such a great arc for the second film to help introduce time travel. Oh, yeah. You know. That's the reason now, anytime I watch Infinity War, Mm -hmm. I Back to the Future it. Because anytime I watch the first Back to the Future, I gotta watch them all. Anytime I watch Infinity War... I gotta go right in the angle. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like, oh, I gotta see the, them redeem himself. Like, no. In the long run, yes, it's two movies. Mm-hmm. But also, too, it's one large-ass movie. Yeah. So now that they're going into the multiverse stuff, 
Um, like Deadpool is going to take place with a lot of the multiverse God. stuff. I can't fucking wait. Just the pictures of, of you, you in, in the, the yellow, yellow suit. blue. Dude, you have no idea. That's such a Jim Lee era, and I'm like, oh my god, because up until that point, which I, I have the first three, four, five Wolverines, uh, his his first standalone comics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the fact that they move from the brown and the yellow to the, the yellow and blue to match the rest of the team for the Jim Lee stuff was like, oh my god, now there's rumblings that all these, we get Channing Tatum's Gambit. Oh yeah. Oh, Electra's coming shit. back. Yes. I can so, almost bet money that Affleck may stroll through. Uh, that's the rumor. Yeah. That is the rumor. Is that Ben Affleck's going to be Daredevil? I can see so many people being willing to do this because they're like, I get to be in a Deadpool movie? That's that's <laughs> the catch. It's not even a Marvel movie. It's it, the Deadpool movie. Yes, it's his first introduction it's a, it's a into Marvel the Marvel movie, movie yeah. franchise. Like the continuity it is now instead of being 20th Century Fox. But we the fact, fun. yes, they can have a lot of fun with this now. And, and it brings mutants in, finally. He's going to be the one to break the multiverse. Yes! Um, what I'd really like to see is to find out that when they do the culmination of all this, the Deadpool's going to be the only one that can unify. And he's going to be, me? Like, oh, I knew it! You know, like, well, I knew Well, my brother it. was talking about there's rumblings that he's going to kill everybody. He's going to kill so all the Fox Universe ones. That was 100% a, a serious... They did Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. Which is an amazing book. It is. Um, they've done that with that. They've done it with Punisher. Um, which, it's, it's spoiler gonna be super, on the yeah. Deadpool Kills Marvel Universe, the end of the book, he kills himself. Yeah, he kills himself, which is unheard of. Meta. Very uh, meta. Yeah, very, very meta. So the, um, the continuity thing with that is going to be something that I'm very curious to see, you know, if they're going to pop, you know, Robbie Downey Jr. back in for a moment. I, I can know, see him going like, let's do this. I know that they're 100%. Uh, I, I know that uh, uh, Chris Evans has said that he will pop up again as Captain America at some point, or at least as Steve Rogers <laughs> at some point. But we know... He's going to be the fucking Human Torch in Deadpool. In Deadpool. Oh, yeah, I can see him doing both. I'm like, oh, my God. That would be so amazing. Um, this just popped in my head. It'd be interesting the way Wolverine gets the suit is Wolverine breaks into the universe with Deadpool, and him and Deadpool are walking around Hughes in, like, the tank top and jeans. And Wade's just like, this does not feel right. Hold on. They're, like, outside of a leather shop. He walks in, walks out, and goes, put this on. I, I had something very similar in mind, but mine was a whole, like, montage, like a quick, uh, you know, montage of stuff where Wade actually fucking sews him a costume. Oh, that'd be perfect. Like, where it's just him, and he's working, and he's got, like, the pin thing around his wrist and all that shit, and he's just... <laughs> the Wolverine and he's trying to measure his inseam, and fucking Wolverine just stabs him in the head, and he's like, oh, okay. Well, no, like, at first, him and Blind Al, yeah. Wolverine and Blind Al are sitting in the living room going, like... Does he do this all the time? She's like, you can only imagine. Look, we got baby hands. We got baby pants. Yeah. I'm curious to see what baby we get out oh, of this God. one the next time. Baby head. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Or better yet, get a Hulk that tears Wolverine in half and grows a new Wolverine, and you get baby Wolverine and baby fucking... <laughs> or Hulk yeah. tears Deadpool in half, tears Wolverine in half, and sticks... Wolverine on Deadpool's legs and Deadpool on Wolverine's legs. <laughs> we're just spitballing here, folks. Yeah, so we're, we're going to move along here very quickly. But yeah, you're right. It was one of those movies that, that left the heroes fucking reeling. Oh, yeah. And 
with no idea what to do. Left the audience really. Which, by the way, when Endgame came out, you know, uh, a few months down the road, and the opening sequence shows a very bleak New York with, you know, like boats all in the harbor, and it says five years later. Which is perfect. It was such a perfect It job. was, and the most heartbreaking thing of that whole thing was seeing Scott Lang return and go to Zorin, and Cassie's now a teenager. Yeah. Instead of his... Little girl. His little girl. And yeah. I, that was devastating as a dad to watch. Hey, speaking of little girls, same way. <laughs> oh! Toy Story 3. Toy Story... Okay, so I'm trying to go through my endings. Toy Story... It was at the... Yes. Where Andy okay. gives the toys to the That was the girl. almost die in the furnace. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that whole thing where Fucking you're sitting there going like... That's where... I, I, I was in an empty theater when... I think it was... No, I was by myself. I thought they were going to kill him. And I'm sitting, I was sitting there going like, really fucking doing this? I, I thought that was going to be how the whole thing went down. And... This Pixar going, yeah, cry bitches. Because the whole moment where, where Woody's doing everything he can to save everybody. And Buzz just goes, Woody. And he reaches his hand out and I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? What the fuck? And I panicked. I was like... Why am I so close to these fucking characters that came out in, like, 1994? Yeah. I'm like, why am I so close to these characters in, in, this, in this way? And seeing the ending where Andy gives the toys to the little girl and walks her through it and has one more play day. Yeah. Oh! And then it was weird when they're like, oh, we're going to do Toy Story 4. Yeah. But it was good. It was good. And... And it left and gave some us things. Yeah, and if, <laughs> dude, Forky was one of the best things that they've ever put in that in yeah. that franchise. Trash. Um, yeah, right. No, not trash. Um, Which kind of is confusing that they're doing a five. They're gonna do a five. I'm gonna trust them. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust them on this. They they've delivered on four. Yeah, I've delivered on four films, and I'm gonna trust them that they're gonna they're gonna do solid on this one. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, this is the last dip in that. Pond. Unless, like I said, like off mic, and I've said whenever the conversation comes up, yeah. if it's an all new set of toys, like we get a little bit of buzz and maybe no Woody. Honestly, leave Woody out. He's a lost toy now. <sighs> but what brings him back? Nothing. I don't want Woody back. Andy's kids. Did I ever tell you my idea for the stinger scene? For huh. okay, I was going to do this as a piece on NowhereCalifornia.com. Okay, and like I was going to call it after the credits, Toy Story Four. Him, like Woody and Bo Peep are lost toys now. We get through the credits, and it fades back in to the antique store. And you're kind of milling through and everything, and then you notice Woody and Bo Peep are now in this antique store. And the kid runs up and goes, oh, cowboy, and whatnot. And then you hear a familiar voice saying, I used to have these as my toys. And it's Andy. And it's Andy and his kid. Yeah. See? And then you end the credits with Andy reading a story to his kid with Bo Peep by the lamp and Woody. 100%. Yeah. Maybe as twins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A boy and a girl or something. Yeah. You and, know, and, oh, they got to come as a set. That was a singer scene to me. I love that. Yeah. Um, and if they, and if, if that's the, if, if they bring Woody back, it'd have to be something to that level. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see that happening. And to me then, don't bring Woody back. Don't bring Woody or Bobby back. Don't make it where Buzz and everybody are running around and all of a sudden it's like, oh, hi, guys. <laughs> There's no way in hell they do a Toy Story without Woody. Without Woody. Yeah. and it's, th There's no possible way it happens. Yeah, and, and so that makes me go like, don't do it. 
then as much as like I'm sure as hell gonna go see it and everything because like you said they've done it right yeah but to me personally creatively and everything like let it be well like I said I'm gonna trust them yeah I'm gonna see what they do uh, hopefully it's it's done tastefully yeah the only thing that I don't want Pixar to do is we talked about Inside Out too. I don't think I want to. I mean, it would be nice to see Bing Bong yeah, return, don't know. <laughs> but I think the sacrifice of that is so touching. Yeah, you know, like, hey, I'm fading anyways. Yeah. Let me do one last thing for her. Yeah, and like, and, and, it's and that's so the beautiful. idea. Like, you can only imagine. Like, imaginary friends know their outcome. Yeah, that eventually, yeah, I'm going to be in this pit. Yep, and I'm going to fade. Yep. Before we start crying. Uh -huh. <laughs> Bing bong. Take her to the moon for me. Will you? Oh, fuck. Never mind. Yeah. Next up, Psycho. The original Alfred Hitchcock. So, you remember how I told you that I, I, had, I had taken, for our listeners, I had taken this class at Victor Valley College, um, film as an art form. And that was one of the films that we dissected. And I have never had so much joy in breaking down a film and its nuances as I did Psycho. It is an absolute perfect film. Uh, it, it's in the rare annals of being a perfect film. It's not very long. Yeah. If you watch it, it's not a very long film. It, perfect timing. Um, very evenly but briskly paced. Yeah. It gave you the first time ever where the leading character is off. Yeah. It's absolutely... And she was... People were like, what? Oh, yeah. Um, but that whole sequence, if, if you ever get a chance, listen to the musical breakdown of that sequence, that whole thing that they do with the shower scene and how so many composers have based their stuff off there because the music that I'm trying to remember is it Leonard Bernstein? Sure. Yeah, I think it's Leonard Bernstein. Um, does Elmer Bernstein? Anyway, uh, Leonard Bernstein. So he does this whole fucking sequence, and the music in there, it goes, there's, there's you know, it's the, the 50s and 60s, so it's, the music always is there. There's always orchestral music, even in, in between scenes, when they're driving, when they're doing something. That is the one moment where all you hear is the shower. Oh, yeah. And the music doesn't come back in until you hear the stark, chink, 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 and they, it comes with every stroke Slash, yeah. of the, sla the, the knife. Every slash, every cut, um, her reaction, the way that it was shot, the angles that they used, it is a masterpiece. Right. It is an absolute masterpiece. And when you reveal at the end that Norman is... Mother. Mother. That he's killed her, or that she's died, and her antagonizing, bullying voice lives on within his head, and he has embodied her and taken on this persona, it is fucking disturbing. Alright. One of the coolest things in my time of going to Universal Studios for the last 15, 20 years now. <laughs> the Psycho House? Yeah. But the fact that they added a Norman Bates. Yeah. Yeah. There's a dude out there that'll walk towards the tram and there was one time he was... Is he dressed as mother? No. He's Norman. He's just he's, Norman. he's loading up the trunk as the, the tram guide is talking. Get the and then fuck he, out. He reacts to... The tram, and it's like closes the trunk and starts yeah. walking towards the tram, and pulls out a knife, and keeps walking towards the tram. <gasps> First time that happened, I'm like this. That's is worse awesome. than fucking Jaws. Oh yeah. <gasps> oh my god. There was god. one time he got like 
very close to me. I just started waving. Like, hi! <laughs> just Dude, to see if I would have been in complete fucking awe. Yeah, it was That's so cool. That's so cool. And the cool thing... That's is, such an iconic house, too. And it took a couple times before I noticed it. As we go around the hotel to go up to the house to finish up the tour, mm-hmm. he stands there staring at the tram the entire time as it's going past the house. How could you not? That's like when you would go to uh, Disneyland and you go to California Adventures. We would get... Somebody, when it was still uh, Tower of Terror, yeah, you would get that one guy who would very creepily take the job super seriously, and I loved the commitment to that. Well, it's the cast members. It's yeah, because it's truly the cast members. Because me and Kim went, and I made the stupid mistake of thinking I was going to get an honest answer from one of the people working the mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy one. I'm like, and I asked him, like, hey, the jackets patterned after Ravengers, right? He was like, oh, no, the collector designed it for all of us and gave this whole spiel, and I'm just like... Good on you, dude. <laughs> That's fucking rad. See, Disney's huge on that. Yeah. So to hear that Universal, who probably doesn't take it to that level, yeah, this guy did, and that's cool. Oh, that's yeah. that'd be a cool. killer pun intended yeah. job to be just like, oh, you get to go work the hotel and be Norman for the day. Dude. Really? <laughs> if you ever get a moment, go back and watch that movie and just watch the staircase scene when the private detective it falls down yeah. falls down well, or shoved down the stairs yeah um he gets his face slashed and then yes so and that's done from a sh- uh, an angle that had never been done before that was a bird's eye shot oh yeah and that's what, like, i remember hearing about that when i first really started becoming a film junkie yeah it's like it a is, breakdown of that scene and watching it and then as they're explaining it going like Oh, shit, okay. When you hear the stumbling of feet as a sound effect, and the camera just follows him on a plank down the stairs, and he's reaching towards the camera, it was... Alfred Hitchcock is nothing short of a fucking genius. You saw the director's epic rap battles, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Okay, up next is one... that The endings are kind of... Should be near and dear to our hearts, because Mm -hmm. it was um, not really parodied, but like... Roasted in Clerks 2. Oh, God, yeah. Lord of the Rings returned One the ring to rule them all. Um, Not the multiple fucking innings <laughs> Peter Jackson gave. <laughs> so. And I, we recently watched the movie, like when Kim first came back mm-hmm. to town. Did you watch the extended or did you watch the. Um, the regular cut because the Asperia theaters were doing them back to back to back. Like, oh, very cool. Yeah, so. Okay. And it, it almost played like, like a movie where I just. Talking to Kim, she loves Lord of the Rings. Movies. Yeah, oh yeah. And I was like, oh, I've never seen him. She's like, oh, we gotta watch him. I'm like, I kind of would want to watch him in theaters. Like a week later, I was looking there, going like, so you want to go to the Hesperia Theater and see him each one one week after another, <laughs> one right after the other? <laughs> yeah. So for me, this began with the novels when I read them when I was when I was reading the books. I should say when I read them young, well, when I was younger. Um, getting through the Lord of the Rings is difficult because the first part is just about the fucking hobbits going crazy. And you kind of get that a little bit when you start the trilogy off. As the movie goes along, you realize just how well cast it is. The extended series, like the extended versions of it, I think were a stroke of masterpiece and not just a cash grab because there are so many elements that are added to it that a lot of fans were like, hey, this was kind of left out and this was kind of left out. There's certain characters that are still left out of it. Tom Bombadil and all that stuff. But when you get the mouth of Sauron taunting... Uh, you know, taunting uh, Aragorn and everybody at the end and stating, like, you know, giving everybody the impression that Frodo's dead, that Frodo has died because they have his mithril um, armor. Yeah. And they're like, this belonged to the halfling. 
and he's just smiling. He's <laughs> just a mouth, you know, and he's just smiling and all this stuff. And um, it really kind of builds up that whole Aragorn's going to fall to the darkness, and he doesn't. So when you get to the end, when everything happens, for people who weren't aware of the books and didn't read the books, it is a very devastating, heartbreaking thing to watch Frodo leave. You don't realize that he's leaving, but when he turns and tells him, I still have the scar from Weathertop. You know, it, it was it was just a beautiful ending. I, I I said we I will tell you fans and listeners this. We took a little break to kind of discuss whether or not we're going to go. And I said, no, 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 I'll just make it quick. I didn't. <laughs> so I'll just wrap this up and say, yeah, I agree. This was a perfect it ending. Gonna, yeah. But it was. I think it was kind of like in the vein of Titanic. We knew it was coming. Oh yeah. Uh, next up is one. Um, I I another one like Titanic. I've never watched this movie. I've never seen this movie. So I kind of don't really... I know he goes home. <laughs> You've never seen E.T.? Yeah. I have never Holy seen E.T. Holy shit. You should um, probably talk to my mom about it because she she has bought me the VHS and I think she bought me the DVD. And I, I still never watched it. Good Christ. Um, that's such an iconic film that, that kind of blows my mind. But um, this, this really showcased what Steven Spielberg could do in one film. Oh, yeah. Because he gave us the first summer blockbuster with Jaws, and it was terrifying. This combined two different things, which was heartwarming, heartbreaking, uh, but also terrifying. This is some of my first trauma as a kid. There's scenes in E.T. that are absolutely fucking frightening. And, and John Williams' music, oh, my God. But you get the culmination of everything. It's this battle for these kids to save this alien and how everybody comes together that he's involved with to save E.T. And you get this beautiful moment at the end where he's like, I'll be right here. Like, I'll be right here for you. And he touches his heart, you know, kind of thing. And then he takes off in in the ship. And I've seen John Williams conduct that live and do that whole ending. And it never fails. I tear up every fucking time. It is one of those movies where I want to be angry at it because it, you know, like, it reminds me of my childhood and it scares the shit out of me in certain sequences. And then it delivers at this end where I'm just crying tears for this thing that scared the fuck out of me (laughs) early on. And it's very... It's a roller coaster of emotions. You 100% should watch this. Well, it also inspired Neil Diamond. Turn on your your hard light. Not one of the best inspirations, but (laughs) fucking right on whatever, Neil. Next is another classic movie, Citizen Kane. And if I remember correctly, we did that uh, episode of Band Movies or whatever where we talked about certain movies Mm -hmm. where we would never see them. I think Citizen Kane was brought up. It was, and I have finally seen it. I did, too. Um... Part of that was because of Doug's urging. Yeah. Um, Doug had said that from a filmmaker's perspective, the way it was shot is something that you need to see. And I do, I would have to admit, like, when I saw it, I went to theaters and saw it on the big screen because, like, fuck it, if I'm going to see this, I'm going to see it right. The scope of the movie and the way the movie was done and the the story of... Kane, or I forget the. I forget his full name, but yeah. It, basically, it's freaking Hearst. Yep. It's the Hearst story. It really is. Um, just this ungodly rich recluse. Yeah. Uh, paper magnet sort of thing. Magnate. Yeah, <laughs> Not magnet. Um, just how it unfolded and everything. I'm like, okay, I can I can see the legacy of the movie, mm-hmm. but I still stand with to. Anyone that says Citizen Kane is the greatest movie of all time, 
Can you really give shit to somebody that says Police Academy is the greatest movie of all time? No, it's it, look. I get why AFI, the American Film Institute, puts it on their top, their their yeah. pinnacle of their list every fucking time. And that's simply because of what it did for cinema as far as Big time. visual storytelling, for editing, all of that stuff. Listen, uh, uh, Orson Welles was no fucking joke. No, that man is larger than life, and he played a larger than life And if I remember character. correctly, he was still in his 20s when he made this movie? 20s, made, yeah, like late late 20s. And he played a very much older... He wrote, directed, yes. and produced this movie himself. Um, unreal. The way the film was shot... The extreme close-up of him whispering "Rosebud" and nobody having any idea what it meant, and then and you go back did. to the yeah, you go back to the childhood and all of this stuff, and then it's not until you get to the end of the movie when they're burning stuff of his. And I didn't just, realize that there's so much, there's so much of his stuff. And nobody, nobody would ever knew what Rosebud was, and you nobody in, in the film world, nobody in the film world except for he knew what it was, and it was simply a time where he was still with his mother. And was still happy yeah. before all of this shit went crazy. And it was the last true happiness that he had in his life. And so when you see it at the end being just discarded and pitched in, you know, like it's about to be pitched into the fire. And you see Rosebud, like it zeroes in yeah. and you see Rosebud. And then it dawns on you, you're like... Nobody will ever know what this meant. And that was exactly it. I think it was me and like two or three other people in the theater. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, I gasped. I was like, oh, shit. Yep. Like, okay. Yeah. So, I, like I said, visually, I understand the impact. The story's long, and it drags a bit, and I'm not a huge, huge fan of it. Yeah, much like either. I am. Like, I get the grand scope of uh, Gone with the Wind. I don't care for the movie at all. Like, I would own Citizen Kane. I'd probably own, like, the Criterion edition of it, where it has, mm -hmm. like, all the documentaries and everything. Yeah, and there but should I'd, be a ton of that commentary. But I'd probably watch documentaries more than watch the movie. Absolutely. Yeah, because I'm a film junkie. Yeah, no, I like breaking them down myself. But yeah. anyhow. Uh, next up is Inception. The, Dude, a really big dissected ending. I think that's when I became a true Christopher Nolan fan. Yeah. Um, because you wait and you wait and you watch that top spinning and you know, you know, like you're just waiting for it to fucking topple over. And... It's I I I, don't, I think it was just so well done. I love the debates on whether or not it was a dream, whether or not it was real. I tend to lean, lean more towards it was real. Yeah. At the end, that and he's I finally think, got his life back. Yeah, I think he. I think Christopher Nolan has hinted at that fact as well. Um, <clears throat> but one way or the other, he finds peace. Oh yeah. He finds peace in that. Either in dream world yes. or not. But you know. yeah. Okay, the next movie is it, it stars a currently polarizing figure. He. Will? No. No? Kevin Spacey. <sighs> the usual suspects. Fucking. One of the best what the fuck endings. Oh my fuck. Dude, I, okay. To put this into perspective, I stood up in the theater when it occurred to me when they're going through the office and you're seeing the Kobayashi on the bottom of the fucking cup. Oh yeah. And you're seeing all the different things and I went, Oh my fucking god! I stood and up in the theater. He's walking away with a limp, and yep. then slowly just kind and then of he just yeah, hand straightens out. He goes right back to walking, and then like Mr. Sose animal. Oh my fucking god! Like I went bonkers. I in watched the fucking it in theater. this room. Yeah, and I was like, the 
fuck? I was watching it at the Cinemark, which was the Dollar Theater. I was watching it there. Yeah. And I stood the fuck up in the theater, and I was like, oh my god. You know, people like laughed, and you know, some people were like, sit down and shit like that, but I was like, oh my fucking god. I'd never had a movie that, that surprised me with an ending quite like that movie. Oh. And it's absolutely perfect. You're right. No. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it, that Kevin Spacey movie is followed up with another Kevin Spacey movie. Mm, Can you guess on. it? Let me see. Let me, hold on. Hold on. Let me see. Seven. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What's in the box? Dude. Uh, and I've heard there was rewrites and they were going to change certain aspects of it. And it was like he got his way. Yeah. John he, Doe got his way. He finished the plan. Um, if you want to see something funny... The, the sequence with the dude who's emaciated, the yeah. um, uh, famine or whatever, whatever, yeah. gluttony or... No, he wasn't gluttony, he was sloth. Uh, sloth. Yeah. That fucking guy. Um, when they come up on him, nobody had told him that he, the guy was going to go... They thought it was a fucking dummy. Oh, wow. And nobody told him that he's going to go... Ah! And gasp in that moment. And all those cops' reaction was legit, like... Ah! like oh, that's perfect. The that's brilliant. That's, a, that's the way to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's it was so well done. And, uh, dude, I know people that were like, no, I don't want that movie in my house. That's a dark, twisted movie. Oh, yeah. But it's, again, it's, it couldn't have ended any other way. No, no, no. It couldn't have. You knew it was going to happen. It you had knew Brad. Oh, and just what? Brad should have won a fucking Academy Award for that shit. Did uh, he win it for he, 12 Monkeys? He did, yeah. I think, for uh, supporting. Yeah. He should have got it for this. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe Kevin Spacey won the Academy Award for this one. Yeah, I will, I'll, I'll look at it. Yeah, we'll have to, you yeah. know. Next up, Fill the Dreams. Uh, this movie wrecks me more than any other. I might get choked up talking about okay. this. <laughs> no, but feel free. Feel oh, free. I, um, I've never seen it. Okay, so I'm going to walk you through the end of this stuff. I know uh, it's baseball field is finished, and the White Sox are coming through the... It's a bunch of the players. Corn, the pl- but bunch then of the uh, players. Kevin Costner's dad. Yes. And dad he doesn't Kevin realize it's him. Catch. Yeah. And that's uh, that's my last memory of my father. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the steps that somebody will go through to hold on to something they believe in in this world is so well underlined and bullet pointed in this film. Um, it is... Um, why am I spacing the actor's name uh, that played Moonlight Graham? He's a famous, famous, famous... Fa- uh, Burt Lancaster. Uh-huh. Burt Lancaster played uh, Moonlight Graham in this, and it's his last film. Oh, wow. And it, he, you know, he's the one that says, I always in the film he goes, I always wanted to stare down a major league pitcher and just wink, just <laughs> to throw him off his game once. And he does. He finally gets his chance to do that. And when Kevin Costner's daughter's choking on a piece of uh, hot dog, they're like, we need a doctor. And he realizes that if he crosses over off the field, that he can't go back. Oh, shit. And so, not as a young player again. Yeah. And so he comes over and he stands there and he's, Ray Cancella is standing there and he goes, oh my God, you can't go back. He's like, it doesn't matter. I have my moment. Oh, that's cool. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Like, you really need to watch this film. I know. And he, uh, a lot Ray of these Liotta, ones Ray Liotta is perfect in this. Fucking, uh, uh, James Earl Jones is fucking perfect in Any this Any role film. James Earl Jones does is perfect. Oh, but <clears throat> you get to really see, you get to see the, him light up when he talks about baseball like he does in the Sandlot. Yeah. And he, so when we get to the climax of it, 
the whole thing wasn't built for Shoeless Joe Jackson and these other guys. For the, you know, for the, uh, um, the quote-unquote Black Sox, you know, the ones who were outcast from baseball and all of that stuff. It wasn't for any of them. It was strictly for his dad. And you don't realize that till the end of the film. And there's this whole thing where he talks to him, and you, there's this realization between them. And he shakes his hand, and he sends him off, and he's like, is this heaven? And he's like, no, it's Iowa. <laughs> it's like, I could have swore it was heaven. And it's beautiful. He's playing this gorgeous music, and he walks off, and he goes, hey, Dad, you want to have a catch? And he goes, I'd like that. And he just took me back to seven years old. And remembering the night before my father passed away, having having a catch with him. Nothing was said. We were just throwing a ball back and forth, a seven-year-old kid and his dad, and then he was gone. And it's basically that, you know? And so I cannot watch that movie or apparently talk about it <laughs> without fucking sobbing my eyes out. So thank you guys for letting me share that with you. Anyway. Uh, um, perfect. Perfect. Uh, yeah. I, I, this is more of a therapy moment for me, but just <clears throat> kind of just saying it, but showing... And I know you know you're lucky for that moment. Oh, absolutely. I, I recently realized, like, whenever, like, you're Kevin talking about his dad and his mm-hmm. mom and that moment. Mm-hmm. I've always said about my dad, and I have my ups and downs with my mom. I'm jealous of you guys for having those moments. Those moments. Yeah. But it's not where I'm like, oh, fuck you. But it's just like, damn. I really, like... Like I always said about me and my dad, it was never a dad and lad situation, but we weren't Jerry Springer family either. We weren't wanting to kill each other. Right. Yeah. But like I, like that type of thing, and then like how Kevin talks about his parents and everything, it's just like, oh, I really wish I had that connection with my family. You know, it was, and who knows how life would have turned out, but for seven years, you know, I was like attached to his hip. And then... I had the best gift in the world after my father passed away, which was the hero that my mom was. Yeah. And is. So, yeah. you know, it's... I understand where you're coming from on that. Yeah. Well, you let's know. get back on the free Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, after that nice and little moment. Yeah, thank you for that cathartic moment yeah. for me. I appreciate that. Next up, Rocky. Yep. The original Rocky. Kind of piggybacking off Infinity War and talking about yeah. uh, Empire Strikes Back. I always flip that with Return of Jedi, but just <laughs> kind of the downer ending. Rocky loses. Um, yes and no. He loses the match, but he wins himself. Yeah. Um, it is such a wonderful, it is one of the most underrated love stories. Uh, Rocky's an American institution. It is my favorite, It is he's my favorite pop culture figure as far as films go because Rocky has provided so many amazing songs, moments. One of my favorite film moments when I saw Rocky Balboa in the theaters, 9.30 in the morning, me and three of my friends went to see it. It was packed to the fucking rafters. It was like the reverse uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. All guys and maybe a couple women that got drugged to the fucking movie to watch it. And I shit you not, people, when they played the Rocky fanfare, um, from the Bill Conti's Rocky fanfare, as soon as he goes into training, fucking guys start screaming and clapping. Yeah! When it gets to the fight, we're on our feet cheering like it was literally a fight. Because that's how much Rocky means to the American culture. The original film is one of the best things that's ever been. You know, Sylvester Stallone, and it rightfully... And I he wrote it, and directed that it one. It won best... Screenplay. Screenplay for in 1976. It gave him an Oscar. 
got him his Oscar. Yeah. Um, this, the journey that he goes through where he had to sell his dog and everything else to get this movie made and insisted on starring in it, and they gave it to him, and it just destroyed the box office. Rocky and Adrian's love story takes first precedence. Believing in yourself, in having somebody else believe in you, and in, in Mickey, and the journey that they go through to get to where they are, and this impossible underdog situation, and going the distance. Oh, like yeah. it's it's Bill Conti's. It's the title of one of the songs, "Going the Distance" and the final bell. It is. There's. I. I would dare you to find another American institution in film that is more iconic than Rocky's music, Eye of the Tiger. Totally agree. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's a perfect ending to that yeah. film. And we're getting near the ending here because we are on the final three. We kind of bounced around the list here. We did. There's a couple we glance over because they kind of go without yeah. Casablanca. We don't need to talk about and Godfather. This, we don't um, need to talk but about. But also do some we haven't really seen where yeah. we're like, what the fuck? Yep. But these final three will go in succession on how this writer chose for this movie web article. Olivia... Montanella or whatever her last She's name She's already was. better than the fucking... Yeah, freaking yeah, Morgan. Mr. Whatever. Morgan. Yeah, freaking Blazing Saddles is great mm. motherfucker. So number three on this list was an ending I, I realized from the trailer. I saw the trailer for this movie and knew, oh, Bruce Willis is dead. Oh. Uh, uh, Six Sense. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan's first big mainstream movie. Great movie. And Great movie. Yeah. But like I said, I from the trailer, I'm just like, yeah, Bruce Willis That's dead. funny because my, my ex spoiled that for me right in the beginning. Oh, that's... She knew what happened. Like, she hadn't seen the film. Yeah. But she knew. Yeah, so kind of and my so she said it, yeah. Like, she was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And I go, what? And she's like, he's dead. And I was all, wait, what? Okay, she at was, least it wasn't like a known No. Spoiler, and so. so it, you know, when you go through this journey... I think some of the most beautiful things that occurred in the movie is, is when Haley Joel Osment's character is speaking to his mom and talking to him about grandma. And she's, she looks at you every day. She watches you and she, you know, and she's proud of you. And I think those were some absolutely beautiful moments when he's trying to convince his mom. Because we see so many films where like, no, I can talk to fucking dead people. Yeah. They're like, get the fuck out of my face. Yeah. And she starts that and then he quickly kicks the legs out from underneath her and just reduces her to... A child again and it's beautiful the ending of the film i didn't see coming and except you know for having it spoiled for me um yeah i would agree that it was a perfectly written moment which is funny though just thinking about it in the movie i'm about to mention was not on this list which is kind of surprising that i guessed that bruce Willis was dead the entire time mm-hmm. but when i got the end of the fight club <laughs> I was shocked. That was that was a great twist. That uh, yeah. was a great twist. Uh, Which thing about it right now? I'm surprised that's not on the list. I yeah, I think this was the first of. Well, it kicked in the door of that that aspect yeah that of kind the movie of making. sneaking in the twist you know twist ending and stuff like that. Kind of um, like the robot chicken M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> what a twist! Um, you know, and and that that's been kind of his thing i think he's tried to capitalize on that too much he's gone to the well one too many times he learned and then got uh, back the to the village was bad oh god um, um but yeah yeah you yeah. know I, I i would agree this was one of those movies that had a uh for those who didn't know what was coming had a perfect twist ending to yeah. it the next one up stand by me dude where everybody's dude. parting ways and dude yeah 
And um, another movie that I just recently seen in the last, like, maybe five years for the first time. Stephen King is... Where you almost wanted to probably punch me in the face when I said, I've never seen this. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's not that I was angry. It I just know. fucking surprised me because, yeah. you are you know, you're a movie file like I am. Like, we're, we're cinephiles and... That just kind of surprised... E.T. fucking surprises the shit out of me. I know. Um, like, like I've said before, if I start listening to the movies... It's a wonderful something, yeah, you need to absolutely watch. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, those there, there's things that we get around to and things we don't get around to. And, but stand by me, I'm glad I did. And I'm glad I did the way I've done with most movies where it's like, oh, I haven't seen this... I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it on the big screen. The first time I saw it was in theaters. Uh, it's where you get a fat Jerry... Um, well, I'm spacing his name right now. Uh, Re- Mr. Rebecca remains yeah. famous. <laughs> so you get Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, Jerry O'Connell. Thank you. You get a fat Jerry O'Connell. You get you know River Phoenix in all of his fucking glory. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman is the little fucking four-eyed nerd. Uh, um, Kiefer Sutherland, Sutherland is, a is the sociopathic fucking greaser guy. Yeah. Uh, you know the dead body. Everything that occurs in that is so beautifully done, and I would dare say. That for all of the amazing shit that Stephen King writes, that is horror based. Yeah, his genuine look in on life and yeah, life humanity and stuff like that is so well done. That the Green Mile, uh, Shawshank. <laughs> my God, my God! Um, um, I see you nodding your head, and I think Shawshank's going to pop up on this list. Isn't yeah, it? because Shawshank is number one. God damn right it is. Yeah, that as is well it perf- should be. It is a fucking perfect <laughs> yeah. film. Oh yeah. Um, to Andy Dufresne. Yeah. Uh, the there is not a bad cast member in that film. That whole movie was brilliant. Everything about that movie was. And fucking the weird thing perfect. is, that movie bombed in the box office initially. Which. What the fuck? Oh yeah. Uh, people just had their head jammed, but oh, yeah. there was a lot of shit that got released that year. Yeah. That one best picture though, didn't it? I believe it did. Yeah. So that yeah, one won best picture. Oscar. Yeah. And but I mean, we've watched several movies, you know, where we're like, what? Why? Yeah. Why did that win? Um, you know, and not this film. But the cool um, thing was, um, I think it was in Stephen <clears throat> King's uh, How to Write slash Autobiography. Mm-hmm. Um, he it was in the section where he talks about his dollar babies, and any film student or anybody that just wants to make a film to not make profit on it, but they just want to adapt one of Stephen King's works, can do it for a dollar. Yep. It's when they turn around to like take it to festivals or make it a bigger situation where money is going to be involved. Mm-hmm. That's where they got to renegotiate. Yep. And after. Shawshank won for the... At least I knew it won Best Adaptive Screenplay. Stephen King sent the writer-director back his initial dollar check framed, going, best dollar you ever spent. Yeah, <laughs> as well it should. And, it, and it's hard to get his solid approval on a lot of things. Um, but my... The ending, though. God! Because we... You get the happy ending. We, and it, we get the middle of the movie with hooks. Where he returns to normal life and mm-hmm. cannot handle, and unfortunately yes. kills himself. Yeah, and that and inscription carved up above, you know. And it, then we get Red's release. Yep. Where he's just like, "Fuck it, I'm an old man." Yeah. Keep yeah. me here, parole me. I don't give a shit. Yep. 
And then they parole him. And they parole him. And he, yeah, he's like, honestly, I've been here so fucking long, I don't. Yeah, and then you see him trying to adapt, but and he's not, it's nope. not clicking for him. But when you see him head down to, and I can never pronounce the name of the fucking town in Mexico. Yeah, Monte Telero. Something <laughs> like that. Uh, when he finally ends up down there with Andy. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, anybody perfect. with anybody that's ever had a best friend yeah. knows that feeling for that movie. Yep. Where it's like, and possibly his first, you know, Red's first friend, true friend. In life. Yeah. And fucking hell. You know, what a well done movie. You Andy gets his redemption because he doesn't, he didn't belong there in the first place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the patience that he put into all of that shit and then hanging the warden out to fucking dry, shutting his shit down, and then Red finally getting his pardon and, you know, serving the time because he 100% was like, no, I did my shit. Yeah. Like, I did mine. Yeah. And, uh... And getting to where they end up on the beach, you know, together, it it was absolutely perfect. Yeah, I agree. a perfect ending, and <clears throat> I'm going to say perfect ending to this episode. I would agree so. That was uh, that was a very great, I knew when you were smirking. I knew when you because I, I said the Stephen King yeah. thing, and I knew when you were smirking, it was going to be Shawshank. Yeah, it had to And be. rightfully fucking so. So compared to the ending of the worst list, this is definitely a better end to this list absolutely um one of these one of these days we'll go over perfect films you know movies that were just i kind of find to see if there's finish. perfect worst and best movie beginnings is something would be interesting to check out uh the apple better be on there yeah <laughs> up. up up is a very devastating beginning yeah. That ended very well. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's quite a few on there. And there know? was a new up short with <clears throat> Elemental. Really. Uh, Carl's first date. Oh, with Ellie. No. After. After. Which at first it's like. Yeah, that's kind of weird for me. Yeah, but is from what I saw, but I haven't watched the short yet. It's Carl sitting there with Doug talking about. I'm nervous. I I'm, I haven't done this in since Ellie. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm thinking it's probably more of a sentimental, like, this is probably some uh, older lady probably at the rest home. Where I, I think it's very sweet when they take a moment, not only with elderly, but with anybody else who's lost anybody. And, and oddly enough, I think this was perfectly played out in uh, Lethal Weapon 4. Yeah. Uh, where everything has always been about the death of his wife. And when he meets Rene Russo and falls in love because they're just the same they fucking, they're the same person, you know? Um, and when he goes to her grave and just says, tell me it's okay. Just and give me Pesci something. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Yeah. As much as Mel Gibson's Mel Gibson. Yeah. I think we may need to do a deep dive on lethal weapons. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. And we're supposed to be getting another one. Yeah. 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 So. But that's it for now. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate this. This is a good one. This, this was a good this one. Was it a is, fun, this was a fun, long episode. one. The anniversary episode, me flying solo, is 33 minutes. I almost guarantee this is going to be at least over an hour. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but for now, this has been Josh. This has been Nick. And as always, here at Nowhere California, we like to wrap it up with our favorite saying Be yeah, excellent to, to each, each other. other. That works. That works. Did I not close it up probably? I should have said we're here in Nova or California or anything like that. Oh, no. <laughs>